Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast. I'm Stetson. And I'm Gabe. And in this episode, we are talking about the best smartphones, cameras, and innovations of 2019. And also the worst. Yeah, we're, we're bringing in a diverse mix of tech products. It was, a, it was a diverse year, and I think we got a lot of things to talk about. It honestly seemed like the year was like 500 years long. You know, it just took forever to get through. So I had to do a lot of going back and looking at what actually happened over the past year. Honestly, even over the past couple of months, like when we hit Techtober and Tech November, so many things just came out from so many different companies. We had a lot of products it's a hit whole the new market. Year, yeah. Right? Yeah. It almost seems like it. But then there's still, you know, the June tech releases before summer and the CES releases from the beginning of the year. Yeah. A lot of stuff happened this year. We only got about 20 more days left as of talking. Well, as of you listening to this right now, most likely. Uh, 20 days left of the decade, even. Yeah. That's, that's unbelievable. We're almost at 2020. Uh, so I think before we dive in to the best tech of the year, we should start off with quick news. Yes, quick news, quick news, quick news, quick news, quick news, quick news. You know, I was just thinking about this very unoriginally named segment. So I don't know. Do we want a new name going into 2020 or no? I think we got it. I mean, we could, we could, you know, quick news, extra Spice news it up. plus max. Yeah, just keep adding more names. Well, just this will just be quick news too in 2020. I like it. Or quick I like news it. 2020 more focused, better vision or something like that. Ooh, yeah. Pulling like one yeah. of those vision play on words. I like it. Exactly. We, we should we should get into the actual news though. Well, speaking of a two end of 2020, we had some leaks around a new drone coming out in 2020. And yeah, Gabe, what, what is this drone? I feel like you're super into anything that flies. What is heading our direction in 2020 for drones? Well, we obviously have talked about in the past that the Mavic 3 is going to be coming out you know, in 2020 expected very early, honestly, because DJI didn't do much this past year. So they're going to get a jump on it most likely either at CES or honestly with them, it's they're going to do an Apple thing most likely. They'll, you, you think know, they're going to have their own dedicated event for the Mavic 3? Yeah, that's that's probably what's going to happen. Um, we'll w- wait and see though. Very excited to see what will happen there. And then we also had the Skydio 2 that came out, but it's not really even out because it's just starting to ship. And I placed a pre-order or a reservation that is on the day within hours of it being launched. And I haven't received my email to order it yet. So it's not looking too good for them on that one. Yeah. So has anyone actually received their ordered unit yet? I think people have. I don't know. I was seeing on Twitter people who are at least receiving their emails to order the drone. And I think I saw some reviews popping up of people who had received it and not, you know, the ones that just got sent out for free. Actually, people who ordered it. So it looks like they are shipping it, but it's a very slow uh, rate of shipping and right. order fulfillment. And and what I'm waiting for is someone who can film a high quality review and provide deep insights into the drone, not someone who just happens to have a camera and throw something up on the internet. Um, also, you know, quickly diverting, uh, something I thought about is the pre-order for the Skydio 2 was only $100, which was the same as the Tesla Cybertruck. <laughs> yeah, 10% of the drone versus, uh, what is that eventual cost? Uh, 30, I don't know, 40,000? Like 4% or something? Ridic- yeah, ridiculously small percentage of the um, t- Cybertruck. So that, yeah, that's interesting. But both refundable, so it doesn't really matter. Anyways, we talked about those two, two drones. Those are going to be, obviously, dominant drones in 2020. However, we now have a new contender entering the ring, like you said, flying in fast uh, via some FCC filing leaks. It is the Autel Evo 2. Whoa. Now, yeah. We haven't heard about Autel in a while. Uh, The full name, Autel Robotics. I'm pretty sure they're an American-based company um, out of like Seattle or someplace like that. And their drone, the Autel, well, first I think they had the Autel something, I don't know, Star Robotics, some kind of weird name. Looked very Chinese made, but it was American. Then they had the Autel Evo, which was really cool, but was quickly overshadowed by the Mavic 2 and the Mavic 2 Pro. And the Autel Evo still has a lot of fans. If you've seen it online, it's the orange drone, so it instantly stands out. Now the Autel Evo 2 looks like it could leapfrog ahead of the Mavic 2 and even the Mavic 3 if some of the specs are right. Um, Just like some of the quick ones. 
obviously you know it's going to have good vi video resolution right that's a big thing that's got to be number one yeah however they're saying this could be shooting up to 6k video on a one inch sensor that would be outstanding for a yeah. drone and so it's gonna the the rumors are and leaks which seem to be locked in as pretty true it's going to be a user changeable gimbal module so that'll be nice you can buy one version of it buy a new gimbal kind of like the inspire change that out for a different camera so the 383 gimbal will be the 6k gimbal and camera with the one inch sensor then you'll have an 8k video option on a different gimbal which will be 48 megapixel photos however it will be a smaller um sensor so maybe not as good quality there but it will be huge resolution like we there's like one phone that records 8k and other than that it's like you know 10 to twenty thousand dollar red cameras do you i mean do you think this drone is competing with the mavic pro or is this going directly against the inspire no this is definitely competing against the mavic uh three or, or the mavic pro because yeah just size wise you know someone who's going to buy an inspire is on a different level you know and resolution isn't even everything when you're buying an inspire it's all about flight characteristics options upgradability accessories bit depth ton more things there but yeah, this would be incredible to, if I, I almost don't believe the fact that it's going to have 8K. We'll still have to see how true that is. You know, Autel in, in the past announced that their Evo was going to have a one inch sensor option. Never, never came to fruition. They showed it off at CES, never came out. You know, I think that was like three years ago when they announced it. And so we'll have to wait and see what actually gets announced, what actually gets released, because they also supposedly are going to be releasing a dual sensor gimbal which has an infrared camera and then also has you know a regular camera so you can overlay the image which is really helpful that could be good and and that sounds like it would almost compete with the p4 multi-spectral from dji well, well either that or the mavic 2 enterprise probably more sure. likely the enterprise because spectral is more for your crop sensing uh like crop farmers stuff like that where the well, enterprise search and rescue We'll, we'll definitely have to wait and see on that. I'm interested. I, I'd love competition in the drone space, uh, something to spice up the market from just DJI. Um, yeah. This I would say the Autel Evo 2 sounds like a pretty pro machine. And we also saw something exciting come out. Wait, hold for... on, hold on. There's more. Don't, don't just move on. I'm like, we've waited a whole year for good drone news. Um, so okay, let me yeah, just well, run a couple more specs. Give me, give me three more specs, okay? Okay, What we got camera specs. What a, okay. Battery life, is that a spec? Yeah, battery life, 35 minutes, they're saying. Oh, that's really good. Top speed of 44 miles per hour, which is about on par with on par. Uh, the Mavic 2. And they're saying that it's going to have um, operating distance of 16 miles. Okay, I mean, that. at what point does visual line of sight just like not apply? I can see 16 miles, something that's the size of a toaster. <laughs> i doubt yeah. it i mean like no but well the the key thing is 16 miles yeah you should not be using it out that far um maybe one day we'll be allowed to fly out that far you know the faa will grant beyond line of sight flights as drones get more safe but the big thing is if you have up to 16 miles it makes your flights when you're a thousand feet and there's a lot of wi-fi signals a lot of buildings possibly in the way a lot of competing noise that you're going to have a crystal clear, low latency flight um, and no issues with controller. That's really important, especially for capturing video footage. That really helps make sure everything's super smooth, super cinematic and framed properly. So you know, yeah. that could be really huge for the Autel Evo 2. But yeah, and also they're going to continue on with their remote controller having a built-in OLED screen. So you don't even need your phone to fly it. So that's yeah, definitely a huge Very, plus. very excited for this drone. You know, I've been a pretty much DJI flyer since the GoPro Karma disaster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was yeah. the only other option, really. Yeah, and I mean, the Skydio 2, honestly, I'm probably going to pass up as it's taking longer than I want because by the time I'll get to pre-order it, this drone could be out or the Mavic 3. And this is really, 2020 is going to be exciting for drones. It looks like we're going to see the kind of the, the you know, the I'd say it's the Gen 3 of drones. You've got the Gen 1 was your phantoms you know right and stuff like that gen 2 are these new foldable drones where they've got incredible sensing and skydio is the next generation i think skydio mavic 3 stuff it's even better sensing and incredible cameras combined to make some really sweet drones yeah yeah oh i'm excited as well and i think we could see some new players in the field 
like Autel yeah. with this Evo 2, um, we're having Parrot maybe coming out with their Parrot 3. Yeah, we well, haven't we haven't heard much about them recently. Uh, they also haven't launched any drones recently, so yeah, that would be yeah, right. Very I mean, exciting to see. We'll see what comes flying out of the hangars in yeah, uh, 2020. Using that 8K video though, you might need a good camera to edit on, or new laptop or computer to edit on, right? Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Coming back with that segue, I appreciate go, that. Yeah. I return it. I canceled um, you earlier. So anyway, yeah. So what's coming out? What's exciting is Apple has officially announced, after much much waiting, that the Mac Pro will be available to order starting December. 10th now what this means is we'll finally be able to see what the pricing is on this new machine yeah, true spicings and pricings and breakdowns right and um you know i think gabe we made some predictions earlier on and i think our range was anywhere from like twenty four thousand to thirty four thousand maxed out we'll, we'll definitely be sure to cover that uh, as soon as it is released um but yeah i think for a lot of pro users it's exciting this confirms it is coming out uh, right before the end of the fall deadline. And I think Apple is hoping to start shipping this starting December 22nd or around that that time. So this could be well, good. That'll be good, yeah. Buy yourself a nice $8,000 Christmas gift. Oh, slash yeah. Slash cheese grater. Cheese grater. You got to have that cheese grated to perfection. Yeah. Moving on, we got a new product, uh, just a kind of new product from Moza. Um, they are makers of gimbals, uh, stuff like that. Gimbals, I guess, mainly is the only thing they make. And well, they they made something pretty interesting that they launched at NAB, right? Or they had yeah, at NAB? Yeah, NAB was the Slypod, which was a very cool cross between a slider and a monopod, as the name would kind of suggest. Honestly, one of the more exciting products of the gear. However, it was a bit held back by the fact that it has a $500 price tag. And yeah, that's... That's a bit hard to stomach on a product that you don't, there's nothing really out to test, right? If there's, you know, if you've used a gimbal before and they've, you know, become mainstream, all right, yeah, I can drop a couple hundred to a thousand dollars on that. However, uh, something that's completely brand new, there's nothing like it in the marketplace. It's a bit hard to justify, you know, putting $500 down on it to pick it up when you're like, all right, let me just go with something I know or stick with my gear I have and maybe wait for the next generation or, or to become released by someone else so that was yeah that was i was looking at it really like i should buy it but in the end i ended up holding off buying a different slider and now though maybe i'm gonna regret it because they just released the moza slypod e which e standing for economy is a cheaper version at only 300 dollars, exactly the same specs except for it's made from aluminum wow so they basically took their moza slypod and they made it out of aluminum and decreased the price and this is available today yeah, available shipping now from their own site. I don't think it's available through B&H currently at the moment. Um, they're trying to, you know, obviously they, they pay a lesser percentage, you know, of is going to cost when you're um, selling it through your own site, not through third-party retailers. So they're going to get those initial orders through their own website. And yeah, I mean, it looks like for $300, I'm thinking about getting it again. I mean, I did just uh, order the Rhino arc two sliders so probably actually i won't buy the slypod e but for someone else who has been looking at getting the slypod this is um definitely sweetens the deal or i don't know yeah it's a I heavier think, it's a little heavier but it's lighter on your pocketbook i i think it makes it uh, a more compelling option when you compare or excuse me you pair the slypod e with one of moza's already established gimbals this really allows from uh, for some creative cinematic camera moves and uh, again that lower price point just makes that combo that much more affordable so yeah you're looking at like i think for a uh, slypod e and a gimbal that's like around 800 now rather than a thousand for a three ax you're getting three axis camera movement and that that seems a lot more like something that someone would look into getting or if you already have one of their gimbals it's now only 300 dollars to add like slider like shots to it right absolutely any other uh comments on the moza slypod e uh not really i mean go take a look at it if you're at all into filmmaking and you know it might be might be something to check out i would think that dji or some of the other you know gimbal makers have to be thinking that you know maybe they should create something like this a slider of some sort yeah because it i mean they're probably watching to see how well this does though is my bet 
It's definitely a unique product. Um, all right, well, moving on, the I think the next big thing that we had happen in these past couple of weeks is T-Mobile rolled out their 5G network. Uh, they basically just flipped a switch and turned it on uh, on December Whoa. 6th, which okay. is pretty crazy. And, and that's uh, everywhere? or So it is, T-Mobile is branding it as, quote, nationwide. However, mm, that um, sounds, still, that sounds very. That sounds like an easily like ambiguous term. It, it is like, and what defines nationwide? It is if you look at a coverage map, technically kind of spattered across the United States. It is covering sixty percent of the U.S. population, about two hundred million people. However, it's failing to cover uh, over one hundred thirty million Americans. So. You know, I think there's definitely uh, that's, debate. that's kind of that's kind of like if you're just wearing, you know, underwear, socks and a hat and you say you're covered from head to toe. Yeah. Yeah. That's a I mean, a very similar now or, or like you forgot to wear pants and you're like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm dressed and ready for the day. Yeah. So maybe, maybe. Well, I how, think, how are reviews about speed and stuff? Well, so here's the thing about all 5G. We have basically uh, two different approaches. Verizon is starting with what's called millimeter wave. This is high frequency wavelengths that allow for super fast data speeds. The problem, coverage is super limited. You have to be right next to a Verizon 5G tower uh, to get those data speeds. It won't go through buildings, it's easily blocked. Uh, So what T-Mobile is doing is the other approach. They released their 600 millihertz spectrum, which is a much lower frequency gets significantly better coverage, uh, can go through, has better building penetration um, and better coverage overall, Um, but it's not really hitting those impressive 5G speeds. T-Mobile's only seeing about a 20% increase in data speeds on average from their 4G LTE network. Um, So kind of a mixed bag there. It is covering the most people compared to Verizon. but you do also need one of T-Mobile's 5G compatible phones, which right now only includes the OnePlus 7T Pro McLaren Edition or the Galaxy Note 10 Plus 5G. Okay, well, those are, yeah. I mean, I think those, what are those going to set you back price-wise, you know? Yeah, so the, the, one. the OnePlus 7T Pro McLaren Edition, love that name, <laughs> not actually, but <laughs> that is $900. So actually not too bad. And the Note 10 Plus 5G, I think, starts at 1200 or 1300 So yeah. that that is up there for, again, only a 20% increase in data speeds on average, only in, I guess, around 60% of the U.S. at this point. That is a bit underwhelming, but we'll definitely see more phones coming out in 2020. And as, you know, as we get on a year or two out from this point, will you know it'll become more mainstream kind of basically the same with the 4g rollout and stuff like that uh yeah i mean that's exciting if you live in rural areas though i'm i'm assuming this will take a lot longer to get out it's going to be they're focusing on cities high density urban areas first then rural areas so by the time pretty much every phone has 5g then maybe you'll have option potentially of having I think, 5G. I think the biggest impact will come next year if apple's 2020 iphone supports 5g I think that's when we'll start seeing the most difference or more people will actually start seeing a difference as opposed to having these very I limited. Think, honestly, I think I think I, Apple is going to release one iPhone that has 5G and there's going to be another version that doesn't probably. You know, I could see that. It's expensive technology. It could and, drastically. And don't, don't they also have to pay like royalties or like something to patent something to um, Qualcomm, I think, to like 2021 or 2022? I don't know. I can't comment on that, but I will say... I'm pretty say sure it, I read something about that where they're... Yeah, they owe like the f- something for patent rights that Qualcomm has it patented um, and exclusivity until 2021, I'm pretty sure. So Apple might hold off using 5G and all of theirs until they don't have to pay that. I would say battery life is the other big hit. Like Oh, true, yeah. Right? Like, it, it doesn't really make sense if you're you're not really getting the benefits right now, but still something to keep your eyes on, especially going forward into the next decade. Yeah. All right. Anything else in quick news or? That's all I got. Yeah. Um, well, let's just actually, we can put this into quick news. What did you get on Black Friday? Just kind of. Oh, okay. You know, it's funny. It's funny you should bring this up. Technically, the only purchase of any item that was on sale 
were my Injinji toe socks. What um what did you say? Your what socks? My Injinji toe socks. That's right. The only item that I got on Black Friday that was actually on sale were toe wow. socks. I thought you were I thought you said something Chinese or Japanese. No, Injinji. If you need toe socks, Injinji makes okay, the if you best need toe, toe socks. socks. You need some help. Gabe, no, what did <laughs> what did you get on Black Friday? I'm um, hoping Black Friday anything more exciting than me. I picked up some movies, some DVDs from Best Buy. Uh, if you want to ask, I got Avengers Endgame and uh, what was the other one? I got um, Captain Marvel. So obviously a big fan of uh, superhero movies. Picked those up for like 15 bucks, both digital copy and everything. Um, I think that was pretty. Oh, no, I did get the Rhino Arc 2, like I said earlier, for 10% off. So a little bit of savings there. And one of my weirder purchases was I bought a iTunes gift card um from amazon for 40 bucks it's a 50 dollar gift card you know i spend three uh three bucks a month on icloud i'm like all right just save 20 percent, i guess for the next year i yeah. don't know i mean that's an interesting way of putting it yeah if you have a subscription so nothing nothing too interesting here either uh so that was yeah not not the most exciting black friday for me um obviously i bought some stuff for my family but i can't really say that on the podcast because they do they could be listening so don't want to say that but yeah moving on from that was quick news quick news quick news quick news news. uh well before we get into the meat or the heart of this you know podcast and talk about the best the worst and everything in between for 2019 let's say what we're not sponsored by this episode absolutely so can you explain what non-sponsored is yeah, sure. Give a give a quick two sentence. What are we doing? Uh, give a not sponsored. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. We'll do three not sponsored segments. We okay. will not sponsor the first segment about what it is, and then okay. we can go. Ready? This this is all right. Yeah. Uh, this not sponsored ep- podcast episode. I would like to say that we're not sponsored by uh, the not sponsored segment that we do, which is the fact that we are not sponsored by anyone. So we take time to give you some unsolicited advice, some unsolicited product uh, recommendation or whatever else we really want to talk about for 30 seconds, like an ad. So wait, wait, yeah. let me, let me just check my email. Okay. That agreement fell through. Okay. Yep. I got oh, a new no. product. New product just came in for me. Wait, hold on a second. You're just being too blatant about the <laughs> fact that you are getting paid under the table from these companies oh man this is not guys this is highly unusual but i'm gonna say if you're you know on the podcast that has that skip when stetson goes to talk hit that skip thing twice to jump forward 30 seconds oh my gosh that's brutally yeah, skip strategic. that ad the, uh, well, the skip button um, is 15 seconds on the dot yeah, so. Right. so anyway well who went first last time i think i went first okay so i can go first this time yeah are you All ready right. i got my shot clock up cue it up get the shot clock ready on dribble, your mark, dribble dribble i'm ready get set begin uh, first, I'd like to say that we're not sponsored this episode by the GTEC Armor ATD external hard drive. Now, this is my favorite hard drive of the year. I love to back up all my files. If you have a computer that uses USB-C, this is very cheap, inexpensive. You can get five terabytes for $150, super fast, super durable drive. Or if you don't need that much, it's even two terabytes for $89. So yeah, very affordable. Nice looking blue drive. Get it. I wish it was sponsored by them. They yeah, that was good pretty stuff, good. You were you were plugging them pretty hard. Sounds like a good product. Yeah. yeah, you should. I know you only use two hard drives, so. Yeah, I just switched to Google Drive. That's my new yeah. thing. Yeah, you all don't right. even need a real drive. It's just all in the cloud. Well, let me get my shot clock up for you. Thirty seconds on the clock. Are you ready? Yes. Three, two, and one, go. This episode of the Pinch to Zoom podcast is not sponsored by snow tires. The winter season is here. The roads get icy, cold, slippery, and dangerous. Snow tires are a great way to improve your driving safety and reliability of your car. They can decrease stopping distance uh, by 50%, so cut stopping distance in half. Make sure you're safe and sound this winter season. Consider picking up snow tires for your vehicle today. Uh, You can go to tire rack or another dealer and i was you know i just realized when you were saying that um that snow tires sounds like they're tires made out of snow 
rather than tires made for snow. You, you just start going, and then uh, I don't know the discs where your wheels are just start spinning, just and then like s- a snowball, yeah. right? Like it just builds the tires every time. You just get a monster truck Actually, by the end of your drive. That's that's not a bad idea. Hold on a second. Let me just call up Goodyear. Hello, Mister Goodyear. I have a new idea for tires. Oh wait, they they say that won't work. Okay. Oh, interesting. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. Well. Gabe, that was uh, maybe not the best idea for for this year, but we do have some pretty good ideas, some good okay. products that came out. That was um, a good segue. Some I some say. good good things, good segues, yeah. right? Anyway, so we have the best of 2019, the best cameras, well, the top, the top of 2019, the top the of top 2019 cameras, top smartphones, but also the top fails of tech stuff and and so. innovations and innovations too. So. What do you want to kick it off? Which category do you feel the best about? I feel like maybe we should do smartphones. Okay. All right. We're both. That's kind of the, you know, the meeting ground between our two interests. Smartphones have cameras on them. They also have cell phone plans on them too. So there we go. Boom. All right. Let's, I went first for the not sponsored. You can kick this off. What is your top smartphone for 2019? Stetson. Yeah. So I'm going Apple iPhone 11 and iPhone 11 Pro. Ooh, and I, Apple fanboy in the I, house. Yeah, you okay. know, I didn't really want to do this because personally, I wasn't a huge fan. When I watched the yeah. announcement, iPhone 11 and 11 Pro were kind of a letdown for me. Apple really only improved three things, battery life, camera, and processor. Didn't really feel like a huge upgrade over my iPhone 10s, which I'm actually keeping and continuing to use as my daily driver. However, I, I thought about it, and um, it turns out those three things are exactly what people wanted. They wanted a bigger battery for better battery life. They wanted improved cameras, and I think the iPhone 11 and 11 Pro have arguably some of the best cameras on a mobile device this year, and this is all enabled by that faster processor. So uh, for me, I'm going iPhone 11, and Apple even decreased hey. the price, $50 iPhone 11 now starts at $699 um, instead of the $749 the iPhone XR started at. Okay. So. My, my tongue is bleeding from the amount. I just had to bite my tongue. Okay, um, Gabe. I mean... I, I will give you the iPhone 11. I actually had that as my second option. But I would not... The iPhone 11 Pro, I don't think, can be included as the best smartphone Okay. Uh, for 2019. I, that's just my personal opinion. I mean, you... Just like you said, you're using still the 10s. You sold back your... 11 pro oh and yeah and like I, maybe 11 is it that's that should be the winner like i can i can, I can get behind that i would say yeah I, i'd say this is possibly because i am an iphone user and i've never really used android much in the past that i felt like i had to go away from iphone for choosing what my best smartphone was of 2019 which is weird because i haven't actually really used it much other than like in stores but i think personally the uh the oneplus device that they dropped Ooh. this year the 7T um, or the 7T Pro, I think, is really something I think is bringing next gen stuff with their 90 hertz displays. You know, their cameras are still on par with everything else. And yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I just think of all the Android devices I would switch to. Samsung does make some good stuff, but I would probably go with OnePlus personally. I, I really like that choice. And, you know, the 90 hertz display refresh the underneath the glass fingerprint reader yeah. and that edge to edge display. I think OnePlus really was pushing the envelope in terms of smartphone tech this year. Uh, so I, I do think that's a good choice. Personally, their phones are actually too big for me. Uh, they have no sort of plus size Smaller, and, and yeah, small size. So um, I can get that. But yeah, and I mean, I, I hesitated also because they did go up price uh, in their phones this year a good amount, I'm pretty sure, right? I think it, it did go up a little bit. They're kind of, they started out really more budget friendly and now OnePlus yeah, I think, is- Well, I guess that's, yeah, that's the big change. They're, they they're like, um, they're on par with Apple and, and Samsung now, so. But yeah, that was, personally, that was for me, uh, my smartphone choice. Now let's go to camera, I guess, because, you know, smartphones have cameras. So this could possibly also be a smartphone that we chose. Um, but I'll go first here. My top camera i think for 2019 this was a tough one you know um but i'm gonna have to go with the a7s3 oh wait no that wasn't released sorry 
Yeah. Ooh. That should have been the best camera for the past two years, honestly, because they should have released it in 2018, then also in 2019. But it hasn't come out, so I'm going to have to give it to the Panasonic S1H. Now, not a cheap camera, $4,000. Also not a small camera, a couple pounds for a mirrorless camera. But it's really the S1H and the whole Panasonic S1 line. This is the first time that Panasonic has launched a full-frame camera. Their first full-frame camera they've brought to market. And this S1H, the video-specific version of this line of mirrorless cameras, is the first 6K consumer camera for under really 5000 that's a mirrorless or dslr type camera panasonic so. they really packed a lot of specs into the s1h and made it a pretty compelling offer um yeah. but i mean four thousand dollars is still expensive and it's quite honestly a chunky camera like this is a oh it's huge this is a massive camera this is not but when you but when you consider what it could be replacing of either a larger cinema camera or something like, you know, um, what, I guess, like, I don't know what cameras can output at 6K to an external recorder, but some camera like that with an external recorder, this is being able to record 6K internally or 4K and 5K at a higher frame rate. That is, yeah, incredible. Yeah, it might be a bit big, but if anything, sometimes the big, bigger weight and stuff can help with, you know, keeping a steady camera. And yeah, this is not, not for vlogging. Maybe next year or the year after we'll see 6K cameras for vlogging. But still, I think, hands down, Panasonic S1H for me. I, You know, I respect that. I, I did a little okay, bit of research into that. I I had a couple of different options here. Um, All right. And I guess out. maybe I'll put I'll just put one out and not really go too in-depth with it because I can't relate yeah. to it as much. But I'm going to put an honorable mention to the Blackmagic Pocket Camera 6K. Again, another okay. 6K camera that came out with a lot of powerful tools for filmmakers but yeah not not as much for consumers more filmmakers specific but also only 2500 yeah so i mean you know that's 1500 less than the panasonic s1h you gotta, so, yeah, gotta take I that, into, that one to consideration um the one i will say that i think i'm gonna go with this time around is the sony a6600 and uh i felt this was a pretty reasonable upgrade so you're getting a 24 megapixel sensor they upgraded to the MPF-Z batteries, which is the same one used by the A7 III uh, for pretty significant battery life improvements. You can get two hours of continuous 4K footage. And I mean, that's another plus, no recording limit. It's got IBIS autofocus with eye detect autofocus, a mic input, and a flip-up screen. Um, the only downsides are it's limited to 4K 30 uh, so we're not getting that 4K 60, and it does have micro USB as opposed to USB-C, but for only $1,400, I think this APS-C camera from Sony uh, is a pretty big winner for anyone looking to get into filmmaking, start a YouTube channel, or even for vlogging. I think it's packing a lot and delivering a really good value. So that's my top that, yeah. camera choice. I think that's a pretty solid one. You know, this is really the, that was the biggest upgrade we've seen Sony give to their A6000 like lineup of cameras since probably the original A63. I think the A6300 was the last big upgrade, I'm pretty sure, right? Or is it the A6400? I think it was the A6400. Yeah. That, I mean, I yeah, know. it was the A6400. The and then A60... they released the A65, was just like a minor tweak of like a couple buttons and stuff. Yeah. And now the, yeah, the A66 really was a nice, big, meaty upgrade where they really put in some new stuff that, um, you know, brought it down from the A7 line, uh, but also introduced some new stuff that people wanted a lot to see just exclusively in the A6600, like that flip-up screen that's helpful. Yeah, I mean, that I think it's more accessible to more people. And, you know, for me, I actually considered picking this up. So that... To me, signaled it was it was a good product in my book. Yeah, I, I would agree there. On, but yeah, I don't think we have to argue about which is better. No, uh, no, we do we not. All know that my uh, do you want to? Are always going to be the better ones. Do you want to go on to innovations? Uh, yeah, let's go to. Uh, in a, yeah, let's go to innovation. We'll go. We'll go from best to worst, I guess. Go from innovations to mess to fails. Sure. All right. So. Um, what do you have as one of your top innovations? And let me go first. Oh, great. I was going to hope you go first. Oh, I mean, I can go first. I'm ready to go. Okay. 
because I was hoping you'd take one of mine because I have so many. It's tough to decide. I, I mean, mine, I don't even know if it can count, but what I'm okay. going for here is, and maybe this could fit under the broader category of dual screen smartphones, but I'm going Microsoft Neo and Microsoft Duo. I think mm, what okay. we saw this year was a really big spattering of companies trying to get a product out that could cling on to that foldable phone buzzword. And we saw basically the first consumer product from Samsung, the Galaxy Fold, and that was a total flop. They relaunched it eventually, and now it's out. But I think Samsung's design of having the screen fold in upon itself lacks uh, long-term longevity and uh, structural integrity to some degree. Uh, we saw a few other folding devices come out. The Motorola Razr, again, folding on itself, uh, but in a vertical format. And I think Microsoft hit it out of the park. Instead of making the display fold, they just added a hinge and put in two high-quality uh, glass touchscreens for a really unique form factor and improved productivity. Uh, and I think, in my opinion, Microsoft really hit it out of the park uh, with their Surface Duo and Surface Neo devices. That Yeah, I, I would have to totally agree on this, um, except for the fact that it's not out yet. Yeah, so I mean, that's the thing. They announced it, but it's not out. Yeah. But I, I still, I mean, it's not, I think it's hard to say. It didn't come out in 2019, so maybe it doesn't really count, but it was announced, and I think the concept is there. Um, yeah. And I think folding devices as a category made huge leap forwards even throughout the year so that's i, w I would agree with that's that. my innovation that's what we saw i had i had that on my list but i had my notes next to it was uh sorry this isn't out yet oh you know? and oh, i also God. had but i, I had the t i had the tesla Cybertruck too uh but that's, that's also not that's out not yet. out i had possibly the galaxy fold and that whole just the fact of folding phones but you kind of just took that yeah so. okay all right um I have the Skydio 2. That's not really out yet either, though. It's out. I mean, I'd probably give it to this. It has started. Like, it's this of all of those is the most out. I, but it's it still really true. not. It's still really, I feel like, is going to be more of a 2020 product versus 2019. So what I'm going to actually give it to is something we've already mentioned this episode. It's the Slypod. Whoa. Yeah. What? I know. Gabe, and what, what makes you give this award, this prestigious innovation award to the Slypod? So for me, innovation isn't necessarily about something being adopted completely or really even fully fledged out and, you know, being realized its potential. But I think as someone who is a videographer who likes to carry a lot of gear, not, I don't like to carry a lot of gear. I like to carry the ability to do a lot of different things. Unfortunately, right now that translates to a lot of gear. So any product that I can take with me that combines the uses of two products into one or shrinks the size of like, if I can take, you know, a gimbal that used to be, you know, the Ronin M require two hands and a suitcase to carry and now carry around the Ronin S, which is, you know, a briefcase style to carry. That is a huge improvement for me. So the Slypod represents the ability to bring a lot of power and production value into the field or wherever you're going uh, and a low cost and not a lot of size. So, for me, that's the biggest uh, innovation of 2019. Gabe, it's interesting you you bring that up, and yet you actually ended up ordering the. I know, right? It's it's very it's very almost hypo hypocritical, I would say. It, it is but a little. It is a little hypocritical. I mean, what what swayed you away from the Slypod? Um, could you talk a little bit more about? I mean, you think this product is so great, but yet you're not adding it to well, your. Well, like I said, I said big best innovation, not necessarily the best product. Okay, because. I think this will bring other companies um, to release similar products or to think differently about how they do different types of film gear that is until now seemed to be, all right, this is just the way we make that, you know, certain, this is how we make a slider, this is how we make a light stand, this is how we make X, Y, Z. I respect that. Uh, do we have any, do you have anything else you want to comment on for your innovations or? No, that's, that's pretty much, yeah. Maybe I mentioned all the ones. We can move on to, to meh products. Eh, meh. Yeah, no, the, I think, yeah, that's that's the next place to go. These are basically, if you don't understand, because you're not reading it, this is like the meh, kind of like products that made a shrug and go, all right, yeah, that's a thing now, cool, I might buy it, but it's also not very exciting. 
I think this is something, a headline comes out, you pause, you read the headline, but you don't click on the article. Yeah, or you, or you read the article and go, okay, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a thing, that's but a thing I now. don't really care. All right. So. Uh, do you want to start, go through phones again? <laughs> go through all the phones? No, we're not. Are we doing this for every device? Or? I guess I, I really only had a phone for this one. Uh, can we say it on the count of three? I think we have the same one. Okay. One, two, three. Pixel 4? Pixel 4. Oh, boy. Yes, we did. Wow. All right. Sorry. There goes our Google sponsorship, apparently. (laughs) Archive that email. Yeah. Do you want to take this one? Uh, Yeah, sure. I mean, basically, I think uh, we had a pretty good summary from ARS Technica. Their review was titled, Pixel 4, Overpriced, Uncompetitive, Out of Touch. The biggest flaws, battery life. Started with a 2,800 milliamp hour battery, uh, 3,700 if you went with the XL. Storage speed, Pixel 4 is using a slower UFS 2.1 flash storage compared with UFS 3.0 being used on Gabe's smartphone of the year, the OnePlus 7T Pro. Uh, The design, stale with an ugly forehead and chin to accommodate for motion sense and face unlock. The 90 hertz display. All right, okay, yeah, you're you're making this sound like this needs to go into the fill category very quickly. Uh, so. I guess I, I guess I was rambling on too much, but it it just wasn't that complete perfect no, yeah. tech device. It was it was just like okay in a lot of different ways. That's uh, I would I would put it exactly like that. Okay, that's that's meh to me. You know, I almost was gonna put like yeah, there's not really many other devices that fit in this because. The Google Pixel 4 is still a good phone by, you know, all respects, but compared to what the Pixel 3 was and what other companies did to their previous version versus the current version of a smartphone, it just didn't have like a standout upgrade in any way. And considering the price, uh, it starts, I think, at eight seven ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, I think it starts at seven ninety nine. more expensive than the iPhone 11. More expensive than the iPhone 11. And the iPhone 11 has a bigger screen and a bigger battery. Um, yeah. and you can even get a OnePlus 7T Pro for less. So there you go. Yep. Well, all right. That's, that's the meh product. I think we're only going to just have one there just because it was so meh. It was so that meh. That meh. Fills up the whole space. All right. Now the, the thing we've been all waiting for, I think. The fails. Biggest fail. Biggest tech fails of 2019. The 2019. Wow. I mean, yeah. do you, do you want to start with this? What, what was your big fail? This is this is a tough one um, because, and we probably are going to hit on the same areas. You know, I really part of me wants to give it to the um, Sony A7S three <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't exist yet. Uh, that is a pretty big fail. I mean, so but I don't think that I don't think that's that's not really a thing. That, you can't do that. I mean, right? Sony. Like I could, otherwise, I could give it to the fact that the Apple iPhone. 12 isn't out yet no i mean because that's not expected to be out yeah that hasn't been expected to be out for the past two years people know it's not going to come out until next year whereas sony upgraded every single camera in their lineup hold on this is this is this is the thing that got me to not do that because in the past two months both myself and a friend of mine who shot on the a7s2 have upgraded to the a7 III and so why does it doesn't hurt sony's bottom line at all basically is my argument sure all right i guess that makes sense but unfortunately they win in the end uh yeah so my new fail of 2019 is the spectacles 3 by snapchat i I whoa where did that yeah i mean i actually forgot about that product i just stopped i mean snapchat doesn't really even make products in my mind like i just right i just don't even see that's that is what i think is the biggest issue one, they went from a $200 product to I think now they're what, $350, $400, ridiculously expensive. Made them more expensive. Uh, and that, well, that was actually pretty much all they needed to do. Make it more expensive, less people are going to be interested to try in this new, innovative, like, product that you really don't need, but it's just kind of a cool thing to have. So they did that. And then because less people have it, then less people are going to hear about it. And less people are going to know about it. And it pretty much just drops off the face of the earth and into like tech oblivion. And maybe two years from now, you can pick it up for like 
50 bucks, you know, something like that. I think what Snapchat did is they took a mediocre device and made it more expensive. And that, that was, I mean, they did, they did add some good and really cool things with AR and stuff, which I would argue even makes it more disgraceful that it's got pushed into such obscurity because it could possibly be a cool product or at least the beginnings of a cool product, you know, in a couple years or a couple generations, but they increased the price so much and have just moved it to the edge of, you know, the tech space where it's, I mean, I, I, last time I saw an article about it was maybe three months ago. I saw a review about it that said basically what were they thinking? And then, yeah, that was about it. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a good product to have on the list. Any other comments on the Spectacles 3, which I completely forgot about? Yeah, no, there's not really much. I don't have much to say because there's not much to say. I mean, I bought the original Spectacles. I'm definitely not going to buy these, at least until they don't half the price and or even consider buying them until they half the price. So not much to say there. We shouldn't even really say more. They don't deserve it because Snapchat just, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, what so, what are you doing? What is your biggest fail for 2019? I So I had a couple devices here. I guess one we talked about was the Galaxy Fold and... Yeah. That was I also had that on my list. I mean, too. that was that is an innovation and a failure. So maybe maybe but, but the interesting thing was there was for people who don't know about this, Marquez Brownlee put together a video where a bunch of other tech YouTubers basically recorded a video saying what their favorite tech product was of 2019. And do you remember who it was? I don't remember. I personally so, don't remember, but someone did say that that was their favorite product. Yeah. So Linus tech tips i think said the galaxy fold i think okay yeah he really likes it i almost want to say um like mr who is the boss i think he might have yeah it it was him or someone else but a couple people actually really liked the galaxy fold and i think what it has going for it is speed it's a fast high-end phone so it is really good at multitasking and productivity with that larger display um, but in my opinion, what's holding it back is that price point. I mean, you're in laptop territory and, yeah. um, the long-term durability and well, yeah, that, that low end non-glass display. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the, the, how fragile the display is, I think is the biggest weakness of that, uh, that phone. So, okay. But you didn't go with that for your fail, did you? Or? Uh, I'm not going with that. I'm going with the Canon Ivy rec clip on camera. Oh, you know, speaking of which, I just saw it was on sale for $79. <laughs> yeah, it, it is up? on sale for $79. So you, you'd pick it up at that price, right? No, no, it's so no, bad. No one should not. pick this up. It has like garbage two star reviews. The only Even if Canon's paying you to buy it, maybe then maybe consider Maybe. It. No, I don't even need crap. That is just crap. No. I wouldn't even know. Uh-uh. Um, so here's what I learned about this product. So the Canon Ivy Rec clip on camera, for those of you maybe unfamiliar, is you take a carabiner, you basically fill in half of it with a camera, and uh, then you add a mobile app so you can control the camera with your phone, and that yep. is, that's what this camera is. And uh, it turns out this was actually launched. It started as an Indiegogo campaign where you could pick this camera up for $104 for the early bird price. It was then selling for $129 and is now on sale, Gabe, as you mentioned, for just $79. So, I mean, that's just a a roller coaster of a product. There's no viewfinder. (laughs) People said the 1080p video. People were saying the image quality is just garbage. It's absolutely terrible. Um, Worse than the GoPro Hero 3. I think is what um, I started with the Hero Three, and I've just gone back in the past, I think, month when I've been filming with the Eight to rewatch like previous versions of my, you know, videos with different cameras. And yeah, the the Three was pretty bad, but yeah, if it's worse than that, oh gosh, it's it's just not a good product. So wow. that's yeah. that's my fail. I think I think that's a pretty good pretty good winner there. You know, it it looks bad, horrible specs. And honestly, because you mentioned the Indiegogo thing, that totally makes sense often because a lot of times you'll see Kickstartered or Indiegogoed, Indies, Indiegogoed, okay, that's going to be a word, yeah. Indiegogoed uh, products that, you know, are, you know, they come out and, and they make a lot of headlines because they're cool at the time, but then they take three years to come to market. And by the time they come to market, there's things that do it like 2000 times better for half the price. So this, yeah, I Canon. Think- 
a lot of people commented it was a good idea. People actually really seemed to like the idea, but it was poor execution uh, just because the image quality and the, you know what did it better is I would say is the Insta, Insta 360. Yeah, the Insta Go. 360 Go. That way better product, significantly That's better. That's a 20 gram action camera. Yeah, it's sure it's capped at I think 1440p video or maybe uh, it doesn't do 4K. You know, which is a bit of a downside, but it's for how light it is and how small. You know, it's kind of like the Ivy Rec, except for you know only slightly more expensive and way better image quality yeah so there you go that was that was my biggest fail um and there's your best alternative to the biggest fail that was not a fail yeah yeah well that's pretty much it for our best of or worst of whatever 2019 you know let us know on our social medias uh pinch to zoom pod on twitter or pinch to zoom podcast on instagram what you think the best or worst was, or if you think that we were completely right in every category, I would love to hear that, of course. Yeah, of course. We're always right here on the Pinch Zoom podcast show. Um, no, yeah, but definitely let us know what you think, what your thoughts are. Um, and if you have any other honorable mentions for phones or, or categories or what smartphone you picked up this year, like what did, what did you end up thinking was best? Uh, something I forgot was the Galaxy S10 came out. And that has the triple cameras, including the ultra wide, the fingerprint reader underneath the display, and even a headphone jack. So it's it kind of got washed away because it was so early in the year, uh, but still a pretty yeah, good phone, wow. I would say. I'm trying to, uh, you know what? One thing that also didn't make out could have been the biggest fails is your aperture lights. Oh, ooh, those nice RGB lights that you wanted so much. I, yeah, it's true. They're just not available. End of summer, yeah. they said, and now it's End like summer. winter. Well, end of summer 2020, maybe we'll have to shoot for. But <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We probably only have one more episode. I don't know. I kind of want to do, try to do two more episodes before the end of the year so we could maybe do a look back at the decade. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll at least have one more episode before the end of 2019. So we'll talk to you then, guys, I guess. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you. Get some snow tires. Drive safe yeah. if it's snowing where you are. Be safe. Be warm. Be cozy. Be comfortable. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As Gabe mentioned, you can follow us on social media. And yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm Stetson. And I'm Gabe. And we look forward to talking to you next time. We have now published officially 26 episodes, which means we officially held a bi-weekly podcast. Well, bi-weekly can also mean twice a week. I guess we did do that's that. That's what so I meant. So we have to pump out uh, 104 episodes. Let's just stream live <laughs> until the end of the year. And then we just cut at random points. All right. Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom live cast. Pinch to Zoom.